This is Blurring the Byline, a conversation about writing, pop culture, and whatever else we feel like talking about today from two best friends working as writers in different fields. I'm Riley. I am a creative writing student at UC Riverside and an editor for Audiomis. Um, and I'm also a Gemini, and I feel that's relevant information for today's episode. <laughs> I'm here with uh, my good friend, Julia Briette. Julia, tell us all a little about yourself today. Well, I'm a Taurus, <laughs> first and foremost. Wait, um, I thought you were a Gemini, too. Nah, bitch. Wait, tra- but you were born in May, too. Yes, but May Wait, night. my my whole life has just been shattered <laughs> because I really thought you were a Gemini, too. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I, uh, I'm, I don't know when the cutoff date is, but you, uh, you passed it. Wow. Yeah. Gosh. This is like being in, like, a, mean, a different grade in school. I think this is like the Mandela effect. Like, I think you used to be a Gemini. <laughs> I can assure you that I've always been a Taurus and like... Maybe in your mind, but I'm remembering. <laughs> you actually know. I have the true memories locked away and they're coming out. <laughs> well, beyond that, um, secondary to that, um, I am also a intern at the Washington Times and I write about all manner of things um so yeah that's me we both sound so tired we do and I didn't realize we did until we started actually recording you were like like, you were like hi this is Riley (sighs) I know should I (laughs) no we'll just let it live no let it live I mean this is our real lives guys this is the mood this is the vibe for today and by the way Um, Support for this podcast comes from no one. So to everyone who's listening, thank you for listening. I literally had no idea where you're going with that. I was like, I'm ready for whatever's coming. Um, I just wanted to shout out no. people who are listening right now because I appreciate them. I, I'm also thinking we should do another call to action for oh, yeah. writing um, real fast just before we get started. Well, let me also check and see if there are... Do you oh, want to talk about that while I see if there actually are any on there? <laughs> Just so that we can, like, say hey, yeah. Um, well, if you haven't already... If you have, thank you so much. But if you haven't, um, go to... They haven't. so disappointing oh my god <laughs> sometimes when you're laughing it's just silent so i don't know what's happening for I, know. A few seconds. <laughs> I see that i see that pop up like in the in the waves like on our recording too like and i can always tell when i'm just cracking up and there's just nothing and then it, no, yeah it i shows definitely up. shortened <laughs> i have for sure shortened your periods of silent laughter before in the editing same <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure Steven does a lot of that too. Um, yeah, I, I can guarantee. P.S. Hi Steven, shout out to Steven, our producer. <laughs> yes, we have I don't think we've shouted out Steven yet. No, Steven we haven't. Awesome. So Steven Briette is my brother. Um he is an audio dude and he makes our voices sound cool. Yeah. I mean And he he made the music that goes in and he cuts it in every other week that we do this, so it's super cool. Except for this past week, so <laughs> Except for this past week, let's look back on a dark time. Um, <laughs> yes, let's go back. So, 
just to clarify, we didn't miss two weeks. We missed one week because this podcast comes out every other week. So I just want to say it wasn't that bad. Okay. Um, that makes me feel better. Yeah. So, you know, things are happening in our lives. Julia started a new job. I've gone back to school. We're kind of being thrown into all types of stuff. Um, I think before we talk more about that, though, I want to shout something out. This is a surprise topic that I mentioned earlier, Julia. It's not so much a topic. It's just something I want to shout out. Um, So there is um, a cool writer that I follow on Twitter. Her name is Elaine Atwell. And um, she's been writing uh, like TV reviews and recaps um, and just sort of all kinds of stuff on the internet for a long time. She used to write for a really cool site called After Ellen, um, and stuff kind of shifted around and got shut down over there, and it was a little shady. So she's now starting her own website. It's called The Dart. Um, I'll read this uh, little this little blurb. Uh, the Dart is a new website dedicated to bringing you the best in queer, feminist, and diverse writing on pop culture and the world, and they're doing a Kickstarter right now. Um, I think they're only like $1,000 short of their goal, um, and it has 18 days to go. So if you have extra money and you want to support, like, great writing on the internet, that's a good opportunity um, to to do something, to pitch in in these very interesting times when people are not necessarily having the opportunity to um, have their opinions heard. (laughs) That was a a great, great description, Riley. Good job. Yeah, a great, vague way to say how I feel. Yeah, I mean, that's really what everything is about now, isn't it? Um, I mean, I'm trying to, like, look it up right now as you're talking. (laughs) Do they have a Twitter account? I don't know if they have a Twitter yet, but if you just Google the Dart Kickstarter, like, T-H-E space D-A-R-T Kickstarter, that's probably the easiest way to find it. Um, I think, I'm not sure if they have an actual website up yet or not, um, but basically all the money is going to go toward getting the site set up and actually paying contributors, which is a big deal because it's really hard to get paid to be a writer on the internet nowadays. Um, Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I know about that. (laughs) We all know about that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so it's just a cool opportunity to support someone who's kind of uh, been kind of given a crappy situation by their former employer. So, yeah. Found it. Cool. That is awesome. Yes, and let's move on now to the life and times of us. Back to us. <laughs> Back to us, yeah. Um, I mean, why don't you go first? Because Oh, God, I, I thought you were going to say that. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> I feel like you're on a roll, so. I'm on a roll, and I don't want to, I want the roll to slow down. <laughs> um, I mean, I can take the ball from you if you want <laughs> No, it's fine. I just want to complain about everything. Okay. Um, no, so yeah, I started school again, literally the same day Julia started her job, I started school again. Um, so Emphasis like I said again. earlier, I'm a creative writing student at UC Riverside. Um, so I'm just in classes talking about writing and reading stuff and talking about it and, you know, that sort of thing. Really paying a lot of money for something that is it gonna benefit me i think so as a person if not in my career you know yeah that's you look on the bright side no yeah i think i mean we could even 
I, there's a lot of why do I always do this where I start like joking and then I like take it down a dark serious <laughs> road um, <laughs> <laughs> you could do that with literally anything I feel like I feel like you could give me any topic and I'd be like but it's also sad um yeah <laughs> have you have you considered the emotional impact of this right like have you considered the dark underbelly of this seemingly innocent topic um there's a lot of like conversations in our life and times of um whether college is worth it and i don't know i'm having an interesting journey as a person my age in college and having to like come to terms with is it worth it that i'm spending my time and money on this and i'm like you know what i think I think what all people are, I'm going to really get on a soapbox here for a second. I don't know what's happening. Go for it. I'm here. I'm I'm the person on the street listening to you. Okay, great. I'll be yelling (laughs) right in your face. Um. (laughs) I'm holding a sign. Yes, you're like, I agree. (laughs) It just says amen in capital letters. (laughs) You're just circling me with your sign in the air. (laughs) Um, that's basically our relationship going both ways, like just taking turns holding the sign and being on the soapbox. Yes. Oh my god. Um, I think that people our age are so easily like swayed by what other people think about their choices. Um, yeah. Whether that's going to college or not going to college, or which college you go to, or whether college is worth it, or whether you're getting the right kind of degree, or and I've think I've realized like. In our day and age, first of all, you kind of have to look in what you want to do, like look in your field. Do you need a degree to work in the field you want to work in? Um, And if not, is college just something you want to do like as a personal development? I think there's something really powerful about education, regardless of whether you like, quote unquote, need it or not. Um, Yeah, I don't know. So that's kind of the vibe I'm feeling lately. I'm like coming to terms with the fact that, you know. Some people are going to always think that this is a waste of time, especially specifically the degree I'm getting creative writing. I'm like, you know what? I'm really getting something out of it. So screw all those people, you know? I think that's the attitude you have to have. Absolutely. I mean, that's, I mean, I feel like everyone kind of goes into college feeling very, like, motivated and everything. And it can be hard to keep that up, like, in the back end when you're actually faced Mm -hmm. with, like, what's going to happen afterward. Um... I know I felt, like, my senior year especially, I felt all of that, like, optimism and, like, sense of purpose, like, crumbling around me <laughs> as I was looking <laughs> for jobs, you know, like, that... Right. That's, um, that's such a thing, but, but yeah, that, I'm, I'm glad you, you still have that perspective on it, and, the, or that you developed that perspective on it, because that's, uh, that's the right one to have, I think. Yeah, I think it's better. It's at least better to live in that as a fantasy than to just be <laughs> depressed about the difficult realities of our economy and everything. Yeah. Um, and also, I just, I don't know, there's so much value in, I think we're very interested in the short term, just as a culture, we want to see like immediate results from everything we do. Well, and a well, lot yeah, of times, we're expected to get immediate results. Right. You're expected to graduate from those four years of college where most people don't also have a job relevant to their field at the same time. And then you're expected to just immediately be able to go get a full-time, well-paying job in that field. And that it doesn't work that way, at least not for the majority of people. But I think that, I don't know, I think education is something that pays off over the whole, like, 
scheme of your life and not just this immediate payoff that happens right away. Right. What makes me really, I don't know, like what stresses me out the most is the fact that like, at least in my field and I feel like in a lot of, in a lot of fields, um, unless you're like in cybersecurity or something like your entry level job, like your first job doesn't necessarily pay you a livable wage. Like, I mean, my first two or three jobs might not pay me a livable wage, which is really scary because, yeah. you know, like, what does that mean for me personally? Like, <laughs> right? am I going to be like 35 and like still living with six roommates? You know, like what? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, and it scares people away from certain fields too. that reality. I think a lot right? of people who are underprivileged and don't have the ability to financially survive while making, you know, less than a living wage, they're not going to go into fields that are more difficult to make money in. They're going to end up just getting jobs that they can get and that they can work in and, you know, hopefully work their way up to something. But it's like, if you don't have the financial capacity to support yourself by other means, it's like you mm -hmm. can't even get the experience you need to get to those yeah. jobs. Which, I mean, our economy, it's basically rigged. <laughs> I mean, with who can succeed and who can't. And it's just kind of either privilege or luck that kind of pushes you over the hump of um, kind of actually being successful and being able to survive doing what you want to do. Yeah. Again, I can take anything down I know. the road. <laughs> like, how did we, how did we get today. here? I don't know, but I think you should take the floor <laughs> with okay. what you're doing. All right, I'm stepping up on the box you're stepping down yep, I'm here's taking my the sign. sign yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> um well i i will try not to um delve into the the depths of journalism and how it can be uh super discouraging but um i started working at the washington times recently as you know but um it's been really interesting because it's it's just a it's just a cool time to be in like a reporter in DC right now um, with mm -hmm. everything that's going on. Like I was, I don't know if "cool" is the right word, but yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, cool, like debatable, but um, but exciting. Yes, I feel like. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, you could take that you could take that in a good or a bad way, but um, right. It's definitely thrilling because of everything that's going on and, like, politically especially. I don't really do too much. I, I have been mostly, like, I work for the Metro section of the paper, so I do, like, mm -hmm. local stories, like, D.C. stories. But yeah. um, I did get sent out to do Inauguration Day coverage, which was interesting, like, very eye-opening in a lot of ways, like, seeing, I mean, D.C. is such a, um, like, D.C. as a whole, like, leans left politically, like, mm -hmm. by far. Um, so to have all of these, like, Trump supporters come into town and mix in with that was really, I mean, I guess, I mean, that happens every time a Republican 
president is elected, I guess. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not like a new phenomenon, but it was new to me because right. I don't remember. I don't remember that when, when Bush came to DC, like, I don't remember that whole, like that whole atmosphere of like two kind of polarizing, like different groups of people like came together. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it was very, yeah. Um, there was an also the same level of like animosity and kind of right. Um, I think that yeah, I mean Trump draws a very specific crowd, and then there tends to be a certain kind of crowd that's very opposed to him also, and I think it's more split than like I don't know like the Bush Gore divide, especially since all of the um, all of the people who traveled to town for the women's march the next day. We're, mm-hmm. we're in town, ta- like a lot of them, those people were in town on Friday as well. So, yeah. you know, you'd be walking around DC and like, just, you know, like one second you'd be walking by like this family of Trump supporters. The next second you'd be, you'd see like, you know, a few hundred protesters. <laughs> I mean, it right. was just, it was just surreal in so many ways. Like. I mean, just seeing DC kind of taken apart like that too was also weird. Like, I was just walking down streets. I mean, all of the all of the security and um, everything being blocked off and everything was yeah weird to see happening. You know, like you see it on TV and like you see it, you read about it, but like seeing that actually in person was cool. Like, it did feel very like wow. Like, I'm I'm in i'm kind of in this moment right now um right (laughs) but yeah Yeah, like very clearly like a historical moment and you're right there yeah and like it's happening and i'm here like i was sitting we were sitting by the uh, my coworker and i were sitting on um sitting on some steps like along the parade route and like as trump was Mm -hmm. being inaugurated and or as he was being sworn in and we could hear over the loudspeakers everything happening like just you know just down the street and it was just weird just to be sitting there and be like oh yeah like that's like this this moment is happening and we're like here (laughs) um like we can't we didn't see it happen but we could hear it happen and we were in such close proximity to it um it was just yeah it was the whole thing like i I can't even describe it in any other way than just like surreal, all of it. Yeah. And you kept telling me things that you had seen. And I was like, things that I had seen, like on Twitter and stuff. And I was like, that's so weird that you're actually like the limo that got set on fire. You actually saw yeah. that. I was happening. like, like yeah. 15 feet away from that when that happened. Um, that was very shocking. Like, just very like, I'd never had an experience like that before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like seeing seeing such. I think what what was most like disturbing about that, like in the sense that like it really like shook me, <laughs> um, <laughs> was not the fact that like not the fact that the limo was on fire, like not any of that like immediate danger type of stuff, but it was it was seeing a group of people who were so like uninhibited and determined to like, it was all very deliberate. Like I was telling, I was 
telling someone about this, it might have been you, after, about how, like, how deliberate it was. Like, it was not a spur of the moment. Like, all of these things, like the trash cans being thrown, like, set on fire, everything just being, like, chaotic. Like, it was not, it was chaotic, but it was not, like, it was not, um, what's the word? It was not random. Yeah, it was not random or spontaneous. Like, it was all very, like, purposeful um, Hmm. and, like, and deliberately, like, planned out. Like, you could tell, like, You know you're feeding my conspiracy theory mind right now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't I don't know if I'm explaining this well, but like you could tell like they went in with a goal and like with something mm. in mind and they were just accomplishing that. Like they were just doing that. Like that's kind of and it made it it felt so weird to be there, like to see that yeah. happening. Um And when you say when you say them, like was it, could you tell that this was like an organized group of people? Oh like yeah, yeah. What These were the, um, what was the feeling there? They were anarchists, like they were like an anarchist mm-hmm. group. So it was. Um, I mean, there were people. There were people around. Like the crowd surrounding them were m- like a mix of people that were just observing, like people who were reporting on it, like just capturing mm-hmm. all of the the stuff that was happening, and then. Um, and then the people who were, like, supportive, like, you know, not, like, actively engaging, but were, like, egging it on, I guess. Right. Um, that was also very interesting, seeing, like, the dynamic of who all showed up to watch all of this go down, because mm-hmm. I feel like so much of the crowd was all just people who had heard that there were protests going on on K Street, like, on Twitter or something. Someone had, some way they had been tipped off and had all just showed up and, like, waited for this to go down so that they could get the video or, like, get the, you know, to see what was happening. Um, And, like, that was, it made, that made me think about a lot of things. Um, just kind of like reevaluate like what was going on because um it was all very it was like a production you know like it was all of these people were like oh this is happening like gotta get down there and then you know that made up most of the people there at one point (laughs) i feel like maybe that's just me like i'm maybe exaggerating that a bit like in terms of how many like what the percentage was why like you know, protesters to just, uh, bystanders, but, um, it, there were definitely a lot of people who were just kind of there to see it happen. Yeah, that's so interesting. I, the, um, the concept of spectacle is the theme of, um, the issue that we're doing of the journal I work for. Mm -hmm. And so it's just as a concept, it's been on my mind in terms of our culture and what we, how we react to the idea of spectacle. And it's so interesting that these po- these protests have kind of become that in a way where people who aren't necessarily participants but are more so spectators are just kind of coming and, like you're saying, they want to, like, get video and stuff to put on their Twitter and their Snapchat. And I don't know, it's almost like half of these people are actually politically engaged and half of them are just kind of 
drawn to it maybe i I guess that's just natural like when there's something big happening like as people we want to go see it but to me that feels so like false as a person to just go like view something happening but have i mean unless you're a reporter obviously where you really can't have a personal stake in it but to just be a person doing that like feels so weird to me like we're so detached from the reality of what's happening right yeah it it was it was odd i mean i was i was there i like happened to find this group of people um i mean i heard i i did hear like reports of things happening earlier in the day um Mm -hmm. around this area but i was kind of walking i just like started walking away from pennsylvania avenue and up like north toward where i thought i could get out of all of the people and like catch an uber home um and uh yeah and then i i like stumbled upon this um they were all like in one of the um you know like little park square things off k street um and i was like oh there's just a bunch of people like hanging out here (laughs) It was all, like, it all happened. It was, like, a, it was so interesting. Like, it all just happened so fast. Um, I could go on and on about this, but I feel like uh, that's, the people have probably had enough of me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This, this soapbox episode has been very long. Um, In, in fun things that I get to. I love our soapboxes. I know. Okay, good. Yeah, fun. fun. In fun I'm things that fun. I get to write about, um, I am sure. I don't know if you have heard about this or not. Everyone, everyone who's in DC right now has heard about it. Um, the zoo lost one of their bobcats, or I don't know. I don't know if they have. Multiple, oh my god! But they they lost at least one bobcat. Um, so that's such a casual way to describe it. Like, how do you lose a bobcat? The bobcat escaped. <laughs> That's so interesting. So it's just roaming DC somewhere right now. Yeah, they can't find it. And literally, Riley, like elementary schools, like couldn't let their little kids out to recess today because there was oh like gosh. bobcat on the loose. <laughs> I mean, bobcat. This is are a like, metaphor. I know. Wow. wow, if this um, isn't a metaphor for our political climate, this is a statement I'm making and Julia is in no way associated with it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's um it's funny because I think it was last year. I don't know, it, it hasn't been that long since they lo- lost one of their red pandas either. <laughs> that but, feels much less dire. <laughs> oh, it is. Yeah. When the red panda escaped everyone was just sad because the red panda is like the the crown jewel of the zoo um so we were all just kind of like concerned for the red panda but now now there's a carnivore loose you know like that's different um but yeah but i feel like the national zoo just like like how many times you know like come on guys how many times can you lose? Do you think they're doing it just for publicity? I mean, not to go down my conspiracy <laughs> theory route again, but like that's I mean, that's a huge liability. Like if, if if that's what they're doing, that's a huge liability. Like if someone if someone I gets know, but what if <laughs> like mauled by a bobcat? <laughs> think darker though, Julia. Like it's just at a trainer's house right now. 
I'm not thinking. I'm not on your level. Like, uh, you're not. You don't assume the worst of humanity all the time. <laughs> but I just feel like I don't know. I'm too sincere about this. Actually, I need to not go further down this road. But like, wouldn't that be such a great way to like get your name out there and get attention, especially in the winter when people aren't going to the zoo? True. True. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying. Like I, people want to go see the empty bobcat cage. You know what? I'm gonna get to the bottom of it though. I promise. I'm going. I'm going tomorrow. Oh my gosh! Honestly, track it down. Oh my god, Julia, this is about to be the story of the century. I'm I'm gonna crack this. I'm gonna crack it. Can you please like? Okay, hold on. Can you take a psychic with you and like, bear <laughs> with me on this? But like, find some sort of police psychic and take sure. them with you and like give them something that belonged to the bobcat. So I don't know if that would be some sort of like large cat toy or like a piece of grass or something. I don't know what bobcats are into. And give it to the psychic and then have them find it. And I guarantee it's at one of the trainer's houses, like in their basement. Do you put, okay, but first question, do police psychics exist? Like, is that a thing? Is that a profession? On TV, they do. Can you be, On TV, can you be a psychic okay. like in law enforcement? <laughs> Well, I have something to tell you about my new career path. <laughs> yes. Is it is it as a police psychic? Um, <laughs> I feel like you Honestly though, my dream. Like wouldn't that be great? I feel like no, I think there are just to do that, yes. I think it's what I meant to do. I think there are psychics that are semi reliable that sometimes police will call when they get really desperate. Are you for real? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they do it as much anymore, but it used to be yeah. a thing. I'm shook. That's so cool. Or, like, they'll at least take tips from psychics if, like, they're not getting anything. I, I would love to be, like, a like an informant, like, as a psychic. You know what I mean? <laughs> I wish you had just stopped at informant, and it's like you never can get hired at any government agency ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I'm to past- be an informant. <laughs> I think I think I'm I'm way beyond being uh, unemployable by any government agency. Yeah, you might be at this point, but I mean, who knows? I mean, look who who's getting elected in our country. <laughs> I love how you just keep making like backhanded like political statements. Yeah, I mean. Are they that I, backhanded? No, I'm, I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, mostly I mean just like under the radar. Um, yeah, like they're low key. Like I'm not. I don't. I don't. I'm not here to name names. Okay. No. I've decided never. that certain people only exist as concepts in my mind and not as um, no, realities. Yeah. You know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there we have elected a concept <laughs> of ideas. <laughs> To be our president. Okay, but... But I will not acknowledge the personhood of that concept. Okay, but really, I kind of... I think that... I think that's... I think you're onto something there. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> what am I onto? <laughs> the fa- Okay, but like, the fact that a certain... Like, a certain way of thinking has come into power. Like, mm-hmm. I think I think you inadvertently, like, made such a deep statement just now. 
didn't mean to. Oh my gosh. No, I love I it. I didn't really mean to, but I mean, no, I guess there, you could kind of take that seriously as like, yeah, the, I mean, that's, that's kind of what happens with every election, but I feel like it's particularly present with this one where it's like a certain group of people voted for a certain way of thinking. And it's very clear in, again, I'm making statements right now that are not associated with Julia's beliefs in any way. Um I think that when you look at the demographic of who voted for a certain concept, you see that they actually didn't acknowledge the reality of the personhood of that concept either. This is getting so like layered. I love um, it. Keep going. But what I'm saying is that when you ask certain people about this concept, they don't really know what this concept does or says or really cares about or plans to do or has done, um, they care about the pattern of thought. They care about the idea, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm living the reality, the reality isn't what mattered, <clears throat> and it's starting to matter now that people are, um, you know, at risk of losing their health care, and it's been made more difficult for people to enter our country, and, you know, sure. that sort of thing. Yeah, but sure. um, that's my soapbox moment for today. Your voice has gotten softer and softer. It's kind of menacing. Like I think it's like it's like a vaguely threatening voice that I have to do so that I don't scream. <laughs> I can tell yeah, there's a lot beneath. There's not a mm-hmm. lot beneath the surface here. Mm. But we're just not gonna even touch it, I guess. I mean <laughs> No. It's just a concept. It's just gonna fester. We'll just Oh my god, fester. I just remembered something. I don't know why this just came to mind. What? <laughs> I feel like this just struck my mind like a bolt of lightning. I think, like, God wanted me to talk about this. Okay. Okay. So I was walking home from my work meeting today, um, and there's this one section where a lot of people walk, where it, like, it starts as, like, a street, and the street kind of, like, curves, um, but then, like, there's a walkway that's, like, right there that kind of continues. So a lot of people just walk on the street and step up the curb and, like, go onto the walkway because the street itself has, like, turned away. I don't know if that made sense. I'm really bad with, like, physical description. Um, you literally so this... write things in a descriptive way. <laughs> okay, but, like, more so in, like, a poetic vague sense, not in a... Not, not a, like, like a, a like practical, like literal. Right. Like I'm not city planning over here. It's not <laughs> it's not happening for me. Um Okay, so this guy's on his bike. And it's like one of those really low bikes. I don't really understand why those exist, but like he's super low to the ground. And his like knees are like he's like spread eagle on the bike. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's that's some descriptive imagery right there. There you go. That's it. Um That's what I'm paying for. Um <laughs> And okay, so he goes from the street and then he tried to like pull up his bike. Like he was going really fast. Yeah. And he was going toward the walkway. So to get on the walkway, he like kind of like wheelied a little bit. Um, but then his back tire, like something went wrong. Like he got his front tire up, but something went wrong with the back tire and it caught on the curb. Oh, no. And he literally flew into the air, 
flipped over and landed on his head like on you know when like you see those videos of people and they land on their head and it like crunches their like their neck like twists oh no um like his head took all the impact and then this dude like i could tell from his face that like he was like shook he's like i just because he face planted on the freaking concrete i don't know why this is relevant to the podcast i don't know why i'm saying any of this but it was such a moment okay so then what really freaked me out we're getting into toxic masculinity here is where this is going okay good. Um, i'm getting back on the soapbox yeah (laughs) because he literally everyone around him like i'm like oh shit like there's this dude who's like oh what what the fuck um and then there were these two girls like oh my god are you okay like what's going on like do you need help? Is he, he doesn't alive at anyone. this point? Oh, he's alive. Okay. He's still kicking. He gets <laughs> up. Clearly, he's like shaken. He's not really steady. He gets back on the bike and just starts riding away. <laughs> and I'm like, but like as he's going, he's like holding his head. And I'm assuming he's probably bleeding. Oh, no. I'm like, literally, dude, you need to just sit here for a second and make sure you're okay. But because I'm sure because he was embarrassed, he didn't want to like show his feelings. He wanted to exit the situation. Yeah. Yeah. He he wanted to just be like, I'm out of here. But I'm like, dude, if your head is bleeding, which you just landed on, on the concrete, like he probably had a concussion. Seriously. Like he hit the ground hard. It was not like a soft, like his neck looked like it probably got jacked up. I was just like, dude. Anyway, that was a moment that happened to <laughs> I mean, on a much, much less severe level, I wiped out so many times this weekend snowboarding. I, I snowboarded <laughs> for the first time on Sunday, and I, I woke up yesterday and today, like, unable to move my, my neck. It was oh, just no. completely... It felt like it was in a brace. Like, it was terrible. I feel like I might have whiplashed it or something. I don't know. Um, There was one day, I think I was, like, 15, maybe, like, 16. I don't really remember. But I remember I woke up, and I couldn't move my neck. (laughs) And I literally, like, not, like, oh, I'm stiff, but, like, literally I couldn't move it. And I was turned to the left, right? So I'm, like, literally... (laughs) Literally all day I'm, like, walking around, like, looking to the left, and I can't move my neck. And I remember we went to Starbucks and I ordered and I like, I had to like turn my body so that I could look at them because I couldn't turn my neck. Well, well okay, what, what was the react? I feel like I remember you telling me about this also, but what was the reaction that you got from people? <laughs> I literally have no idea. I'm sure people were looking at me. I don't really remember it well and it feels like it was forever ago, but I just remember like, I remember my parents thought it was so funny. Like, they were cracking up at me because I'm, like, trying to act like I'm a normal person. But, like, I literally, like, my neck is, like, frozen in place. I can't see your parents just, like, laughing at you, like, the whole time. (laughs) Savage. Everyone thought it was really funny and I was dying. I don't know why I didn't go to, like, a chiropractor or something. I probably should have. I've never... Well, that's not true. I've gone to a chiropractor maybe once or twice when I was a child. I don't, I, cause my mom used to go. Um, mm-hmm. so the one time I remember going and they just like cracked my neck and my back in this weird way. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's cool. But like, I could have done that myself, you know, like, I, <laughs> <laughs> like you just, at like seven. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I what was, am I paying for here? 
<laughs> I was like, I need more bang for my buck with this. It was... <laughs> I was like seven or eight. Like, it was... It was long... I think it was like... Probably before I met you, even. No. It couldn't have been. No, because I feel like I remember... You yeah, talking no, about going okay. to the chiropractor. Yeah. Yeah. Because you would have had to have been like four. I know, but it's such a, it feels like such an early memory to me because I think the chiropractor was in Laurel and we, but we probably just went there from Pasadena. Oh. I don't know. But I know oh, the chiropractor was like around Laurel. And so any, anything that I associate with Laurel, I'm thinking right. I was like really young when I, you know, we definitely, like, I know we, we kept doing piano lessons in Laurel, too, for years after we moved away from there. Um, yeah, you were doing piano lessons for a long time. I remember that. We also still went to that church in Laurel for a long time after. Gosh, you guys were, like, committed. Yeah, we were. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I still have. I still have such a weird, like, weird connection to that town. I don't know if you feel that way about, I mean, I feel, I definitely, I know we both feel this way about Pasadena, but I don't know if you feel that way about Annapolis. I just feel very, like, like, I know everything there in, like, an intimate way. (laughs) No, yeah, I feel that way about Annapolis, too. I'm sad that Laurel is where you feel that, because it's, like, ugh, like, it's kind of sad. No, it is, it really is, but, like, I... (laughs) I do have that, that weird, like, like, I, I just feel so attached to it. I don't know. Right. That, like, familiarity. I feel that with yeah. Pasadena and I feel that with Annapolis, too. I mean, probably more so with Annapolis, actually, because I think I technically lived there longer than I lived in Pasadena. Really? I think so, because I, well, maybe not. Wait, were you? Or no, no, no. I definitely lived in Pasadena longer, but only by, like, two years. Because you were, I feel really like I should know this, but where you were born in, in like, around Pasadena, right? I was actually born in Annapolis. I was born in the hospital in Annapolis that isn't there anymore. In, it got turned down, or torn down. Turned down? <laughs> it got turned down for what? <laughs> um. <laughs> okay. Weird. Um, no, yeah, but I don't remember why I, I think because my mom worked in Annapolis, so she might have started going into labor. There, yeah. There, I don't really, or maybe that was after. I don't really remember anything. Obviously, I was being born, so I don't remember it. <laughs> you but... were too busy. You were you were doing things. <laughs> I was too busy trying to make my way downtown, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Um. You yeah you were uh. Um. You're a little tied up, you know? <laughs> Wait, literally, though. Literally is that tied a reference up. to the fact that the umbilical cord is around my neck? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you, like, have that fact in <laughs> I just wanted to, yeah, like, I, I love that I could make a joke about such an intimate detail of your life, like. Oh, my. Speaking of which, this has become, like, the most inaccessible conversation <laughs> <laughs> to anyone listening. <laughs> I just lost one of my earbuds, so I didn't hear it the past, like, three seconds of whatever you said. Um, all I said <laughs> is that this has become a super inaccessible conversation to anyone listening who did not grow up with us. <laughs> like, Steven's the only one who knows what's going on right now. 
I think we just talked about Laurel and Pasadena for like 10 minutes. Like, what's oh, going true. On? Oh my gosh, true. <laughs> I'm so bad at like monitoring oh what I'm gosh. talking about, like as I'm talking about it sometimes. No, that was good though. That was actually really funny because I think I completely forgot what was happening. It was just like having a conversation. <laughs> that's That's the goal, isn't it? Um, well, Stephen, can you figure, can you cut this around somehow? <laughs> Keep the thing about my neck in there somehow. Like, don't take it all out. <laughs> Keep the umbilical cord, too, yeah. <laughs> that was a solid joke. Like, making my way downtown is a solid joke. And then what did you even say? I don't even <laughs> I said you were a little tied up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> in your own umbilical cord. That is so funny. I just started singing that song. What is that song that starts with? Making my way downtown. Oh my god, what is that song? What is it called? I know it's by like Vanessa Carlton. Making my way downtown. I remember listening to that when I was something, really young. Something, it's something. Oh, I could sing all songs right now, but I'm not going to do that. Um... Uh, wow. A Thousand Miles by Vanessa Carlton. Yes. Is what that song is okay. Yeah. Well, that started playing when you said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whew. Iconic. Okay. Should we move on to... Um, Probably. To something a little just... bit less uh, less us. Yeah. More. Well, it's just as much us, but <laughs> at least more relatable to other people. Um, I love that you've, like, clicked onto it so I can see. Um, Where? Okay, so we wanted to talk about The Bachelor this week, a show that we both watch for some reason. For some reason. I really don't know why I watch it. I started watching it's it. It's addicting. I'm, I'm kind of a newcomer to it. I started watching... Uh, Caitlyn's season, right? I think, yeah, I think she was the first one that's that I like, watched. I think that's when I started watching it, too. But I don't think we talked about it at that point. No, we didn't. We Because I was still ashamed. I was, like, very deeply ashamed of it. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I still am to an extent. But I'm also, like, I also can own it a little bit more now. Or I'm like, you know. No. Like, I... Well, it's also becoming more mainstream now, too. I don't even care, though. Like, I I have earned the right to, like, yeah. watch some trash TV when I want to. Um, it's a good way for me to, like, get away from... Like, ironically, like, reality TV is a good way to escape reality in my life. Like, No, it is, because it's so fake. (laughs) Yeah, because it's so fake, and it's just, it's so unrealistic. So I enjoy that sometimes. Um, But it's, I mean, I've read, I've read several people, I don't know if this was on Twitter or, like, somewhere else, but I've definitely read that things comparing the bachelor and the bachelorette and that entire franchise mm-hmm. to watching sports and i find mm-hmm. that very accurate because it is like that like it is like a like you have to you have to like tune in to see who wins you know like it's it's a game right and yeah. and people do their like fantasy leagues too yes so it's it's all a game and it's it's the same and they're i think it's kind of bullshit that <laughs> people get judged for one and not for the other is all I'm saying. <laughs> so. 
Oh my gosh. No, there's a great joke by um, Whitney Cummings, I think, where she was basically talking about how she's so annoyed at guys judging her for watching shows, like for watching mm-hmm. Grey's Anatomy. And she's like, well, at least I'm not like putting scrubs on while I'm watching. <laughs> that is so good. Yeah. So that's how I feel about this show. Like, you know, it's, I don't know. You can be invested in it, but you don't have to be any more invested than you want to. Exactly like sports. Like, if you just want to watch it just to, like, see what happens, like, that's cool. If you want to get super invested in, like, who's going to win and what's going to happen and, like, make predictions, like, you can do that too. Yeah. Um, It kind of lets you choose how engaged you want to be with it. And also, it's actually a really, like, deftly crafted, like, story. (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah. In terms of how they progress stuff like it does it takes a lot of work you can tell you can tell it yeah they do put a lot of uh of effort into making sure it's you know like a story and not not a real depiction of of what's happening yeah Um, i mean i think if you want to be like a any sort of like video editor in 2017 you need to watch the bachelor because you should model literally like model everything you do after the bachelor i mean no because all the tricks are there okay but last last season with chad and all of the all the cuts that they did to the bears to like bears and nature (laughs) and the the sounds the audio oh my god they did they put the whole package together you know they really they really sold the chad bear thing very hard Mm mm-hmm and I, um, they really I commend them for that. No, yeah, I mean, then Bachelor in Paradise too, which I feel like not as many people know about it. I but really, hidden that's why gem. I'm there. Hidden gem. Honestly, it's so great. Like, it's <laughs> so, it's so ridiculous. It's literally just like thirty really dumb, uh, sort of attractive people at like a cheap resort in mexico yeah yeah sort of attractive and they have like an open bar and just it's hot there's no air conditioning it's just like what's gonna happen it's like the hunger games for me like who's gonna die who's gonna make it out alive like the fact that they're all they pick so they choose these people like they're all rejects from the bachelor and the bachelorette like they're all people who didn't make it so they're Mm -hmm. you know they're like downtrodden you know Yes, and then they, they have like everyone like a, is an underdog. It's a redemption story for all of these people, yes. but it you know whether or not it turns out well, you just have to hang on and see. But like, oh my gosh, I yeah, I have only seen this past season of it, um, and I'm just I can't wait. I can't wait for next. And I feel like once you know, if you've watched, if you're like a dedicated fan of of this thing. You, you've seen all of the other seasons so you know all these people who come on to right. in paradise and you're like oh my god like it's mm-hmm. so and so oh my god <laughs> like that for me like all these people were still because i didn't know anyone from earlier than caitlin's season um so i was still a little bit confused as to like who some people were um yeah. but if i'd known like everyone it would have been that much better yeah It's so intense because you already have like sort of an investment in those people and then you like get to see them all like clash and interact. You know, they always say like... It's universes colliding. I've heard them say... 
Yes, like everything's coming together. Okay, but I always hear them say, like the people who make this show, because people always ask them to do like a lesbian bachelor or a gay bachelor or whatever. Mm -hmm. They're like, we can't do it because they would all just like, what if they were attracted to each other instead of the main (laughs) person, you know? Like that's the (laughs) argument. Are you for real? So I'm like, just do it. But yeah, that's literally something they've said. So I'm just like, just do it Bachelor in Paradise style. Like just a free for all, man. Like... You know? Oh my god. Like, I that would watch would be that crazy. so hard. How intense would that be? Like that would be the drama, the, the most fighting. Like, because everyone would be up for grabs. Like it wouldn't be Yes. You know? Oh my gosh. How would they do the eliminations the best thing, in there? Like oh It would man. be the same. Like you just hook up with someone you like. Like you give someone you like the rose. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like you're and in two groups. Out. Yeah. yeah. Like if you don't get a thing, like whatever. But also, the great thing about having everyone be the same gender is that they can fight. Yes. Yeah. That's the number the one. The number thing. one. Like thing. if you put, if you put all women in a house or all men in a house, they will physically fight each other. And I want to. <laughs> oh, you mean way. physically? <laughs> yes. Oh my god. <laughs> yes, I want to see some asses get beat on the beach in Mexico. In like, the I'm sand. Waiting. In the water. And then they both get eaten. I want to see someone's weave get pulled out, like (laughs) on that beach, you know? Like, that's what I'm waiting for. Oh my God. That would be. (laughs) Just. They need to make this live. They need to make Bachelor in Paradise live. Yes, like um, Big Brother. Like, have the cameras that are always rolling. Like, come on, people. We're waiting. Big Brother? Yeah, I never watched that. Oh my god, you are so sheltered, Julia. It is, it's a reality show where like people come on and they compete for money, but they put you all in a house and you like can't leave the house for like 10 weeks or something. Like you don't have phones, you don't have internet, you can't communicate with anyone outside of the house. And it's all about like allegiances and like trying to, it's like super dramatic. I don't really watch it, it's too much for me, but basically you can watch the people in the house like 24 7. Wow. Yeah. That is really creepy. And they have like multiple rooms and stuff so you can like switch the different angles and everything. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay, anyway though, I feel like with The Bachelor, getting back, what are your predictions for this season? Like, who do you think is going to be the person like past the, like once we get like into the later part of the season, who's going to be the surprise villain then? And then who is he going to pick? True. I... I'm I'm kind of bad at picking out the villains, necessarily. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I do... I mean, I think Corinne is going to continue to be a villain. Like, I think, you know, someone else is just going to, like, step into the Taylor... Fill the Taylor void and, like, fight with Corinne. Right. I just... I feel like that's going to happen. But, I mean, that's always what happens. If there's, like, a, a villain vacuum, someone's going to be sucked into it. Um... The, I really like Rachel though. I feel like she's my favorite at this point. I'm uh, about. I'm gonna look up a list here. <laughs> Do you need a reference, Riley? Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I know, like the really memorable ones' names, but. So well, Rachel. Oh, there's that the... one that looks exactly like uh, that one girl from a prior season. <sighs> Which one? 
uh alexis she looks exactly like jade who was on a prior season oh okay yeah i know who jade is because everyone talks okay i'm about scrolling jade. through the list now i like danielle m the blonde with yes. the hipster hair the is she the um the the nurse something yeah she's I think like she's a, some sort of medical something i think yeah i think you know I think I know who you're talking about. It's not Dan- oh, it's not I'm... Danielle L. It's it's the other Danielle. Yes. Um, I think Jasmine is going to become the surprise villain later in the season. I could um, see that. I could see that. If she Did hasn't you... gone home already, because I haven't watched the most recent episode. Uh no, she's still on. Did, have you? Did you find Danielle? Or not Danielle? Sorry, um, Rachel. Rachel. Okay. Yes, I like Rachel too. I see her picture on here now. She's um, just, she feels like the most real to me right now. Like, actually, well, I like Raven, too. I think Raven's hilarious. Um, who's, Danielle L does not seem, but I felt that, I felt that same way about, um, Lauren B. Oh, yes, that, she's so fake. Yes, I felt so weird about her because I was like, like Jojo was such a, I felt, I felt more like I could relate to her than I could Lauren mm-hmm. B. And I just felt like she was so, so scripted all the time. Whereas Jojo yes, was like she always just said the like same thing. Genuine. Right, exactly. Yeah, so like, I feel Jojo the same like way about person. Danielle L. Like Danielle L is like too perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah, but almost more than Lauren, even she reminds me of the other girl from Ben's season that was in third place. In um, third place, God, who remembers that? I don't. I know. Oh, um, what was her name? I know who you're talking about now. Yes. She had the really depressing thing when he sent her home. Yep. Who was? Like she oh left in a gosh. car crying. I don't remember her name, but she she was also very scripted and like always put together and perfect in a way that. Anyway, we've gotten like really deep. I know. This. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so if you didn't care about that at all, I'm sorry, but <laughs> so this sorry. is, like I said at the top of the show, this is whatever we want to talk about, and that's what we wanted to talk about. <laughs> we hope you got something out of the first half of the show anyway. I mean, that was really, that was really the substance, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> that was, but it's been, I mean, that was like where the meat was. It's been a long two weeks for us, so just just bear yeah. with us. Next next time we'll be like more on point. I feel like. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we've got some interesting stuff coming up, and we also want to try to experiment a little more in the future with the format of the show and what we include, and maybe doing some more story driven stuff or like some more long form journalismy stuff. I don't know, playing more into the kinds of things that Julia and I do outside of the podcast too. You should have just said that we want to experiment and like leave it at that. Like, have a cliffhanger at the end. <laughs> like, we're just going to be doing some experimenting. Nothing else. It'll just come at you fast. You yeah. won't see it coming. <laughs> One of the episodes we release is just like a like half of a conversation and they don't understand what we're talking about. Um, just have it be like... It's art. Yes, exactly. Like Like, one of us talks but you can't hear the other side of the conversation and then it like switches. 
what if we just like (laughs) (laughs) we don't release like we just release like one of our audio recordings (laughs) instead of both of them together or like you have to wait like you get one and then you get the other one and you have to play them at the same time (laughs) we have to like try to put it together oh my god oh my gosh like make it a scavenger hunt there's like a puzzle to like put them in the correct order i don't know that we're gonna make it that difficult but yeah we're gonna try some stuff we'll see what happens we'll do some new things yeah and we're not gonna i think we had thought about maybe talking about the concept that was recently elected president i don't know that we're gonna do that now i don't know that we're gonna ever do that in the future i there's restrictions in terms of Julia's work where it's like she's an actual reporter, like legitimate. I have no legitimacy, but she does. So it's like there's boundaries <laughs> there. Um, so yeah, we'll see how that is works. an interesting way to put it. But yeah, um, well, yeah, we'll we'll cross those conceptual bridges as we get to them. <laughs> Stomp right on those conceptual bridges. Um, so again, I'm going to reiterate the iTunes review thing. You're probably listening to this thinking, ugh, I don't need to do that. I honestly will fight you. Like, I need you <laughs> to just go write an iTunes review. Like, there are actually a decent amount of people listening to these. Why aren't you writing iTunes reviews? <laughs> like, I'm just calling you out. Like, um, I don't see the reason. So, I mean, maybe work but on that. If there's a reason to do anything, it's it's why not? So yeah, just, just exactly. Um, our Twitter, as always, is at Blur the Byline. Mine is at Riley Light. That's R I L E Y underscore L E I G H T. And Julia, what's what's yours? Mine is at Julia K Bruce. That's my first name: J U L I A K B R O U. And can they find things you've written on the Washington Times website? Yes. <laughs> Just Google, just Google my name, and okay. um, and you'll you'll find you'll probably find links there. Um, I okay, great. Would not attempt going to the website to find them, um, but yeah, you you could you could definitely dig up some stuff on the internet about me if you wanted to. Oh, great! <laughs> just putting that up. There. Um, and then another shout out to our awesome producer and editor Stephen. He's wonderful. And actually makes us do this. Um, Is there (laughs) anything else that we need to say? I don't think so. Okay, so I think that's that's it for this episode. Thank you, everyone, for tolerating our ridiculousness. And remember to gulp the gunk (laughs) (laughs) at the end of the day. What really matters is that you gulp the gunk. Bye, guys. (laughs) Bye. I'm just going to drink water real fast. Wow, that was a gulp, if I've ever heard it. (laughs) Sorry! trying to clear my throat of all of the all of the gunk you know mm-hmm. i think this week's episode should be called gulp in the gunk <laughs> <laughs> no 
always happen where we find something to call it. <laughs> I mean, does that sound too much, like, too sexual? No, 